Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. All eyes are going to be on Washington. Uh, the fate of Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh could be determined today as senators are uh, pouring over the FBI investigation that was ordered. And you all know the setup for this, of course, that it was finally, uh, the senators uh, last week finally decided, yes, they were going to allow the FBI to uh, investigate some of the concerns raised by Dr. Ford and her testimony before that committee. Uh, now, the report is out. There's a lot of controversy around the report, as you might have expected. And uh, the big question is, what are the ramifications? and What kind of a impact, if any, is it going to have on the nomination process for Brett Kavanaugh? Joining us to talk about this is Claire Finkelstein, Algernon Biller Professor of Law and Professor of Philosophy at the University of Pennsylvania Law School. Claire, thank you so much for the time. It's great to have you with us today. Thanks for having me, Bill. You've heard some of the controversy on this already. The fact that only nine people apparently were interviewed by the FBI. Uh, a lot of folks wanted a much broader scope and maybe more intense investigation. What are your thoughts on this? Well, in fact, the White House kept very tight control over this, and most notably, the two people who were not interviewed were Brett Kavanaugh and Dr. Ford. Uh, that's very problematic with regard to the completeness of the interview. And it made it really impossible for the FBI to give any opinions about whether or not Brett Kavanaugh was telling the truth, since the issue of perjury in his testimony has become a central one. And some Democrats are saying even if he is confirmed, they may continue to pursue that issue uh, towards eventually impeaching him. It's something that the FBI surely should have gotten to the bottom of in order to, at the very least, uh, lay to rest any concerns on that score if, he, if the Republicans did insist on going forward. Which conflicts, by the way, with, with what we thought was going to happen. And even a comment from uh, President Trump a couple of days ago uh, during one of his media scrums on the lawn there at the White House where he simply said, look, they can talk to whoever they want. Uh, you know, that's, that's their job. Apparently not. We're told now that they had to limit their, their discussions uh, to the sexual misconduct allegations and nothing else. And now, again, that's speculative at this stage, but it seems to be a consensus. Well, it does appear that when Donald Trump made those remarks, he was not telling the truth about the direction that the White House was giving the FBI about the permissible scope of their investigation. It's not the FBI that decided not to do a complete investigation. It's the White House. Uh, so, in fact, the White House instructions contradicted what Donald Trump was saying publicly. Uh, it may be that he would have been open to a more lengthy process. There's some reason to think from his initial remarks when he said it can take all the time in the world, we have all the uh, tremendous amounts of time, he said, that he might not have been averse to a more lengthy investigation. Why the pivot? Uh, it's a sidebar issue, but I still think very germane to, to the overall concern here. Uh, by the president, Claire, uh, uh, you know, five days ago, he said that uh, he thought Dr. Ford was a very credible witness. And uh, uh, and then, of course, we know the, uh, of course, the performance the other day where he was mocking her, much to the delight of the crowd there. Uh, totally a different attitude and a different approach to this. Well, that's true. And one has to wonder whether or not he didn't come under a fair bit of pressure after he made those remarks about tremendous amount of time from Mitch McConnell and Republicans in the Senate. Uh, I doubt that he wants to do anything that would impede the nomination, of course. He wants to see Kavanaugh go through, but there is a kind of side benefit to him because all of this upset around the nomination of Kavanaugh takes some of the heat off him, some of the attention away from the Mueller probe. So I, I can only speculate <clears throat> that it might not have been totally averse to him to have 
controversy directed elsewhere. However, in the end, of course, he is strategizing with Republicans in the Senate to get this nomination to go through, and they may have said that taking tremendous amounts of time is not their best game. The implications of this. Now, again, the story and, and the, the release we got for the White House at 2.30 in the morning, by the way, when this was released, that's rather odd. Uh, but it said that, uh, to their, in their opinion anyway, that there was no corroboration of uh, the allegations uh, about sexual misconduct against uh, Kavanaugh. And that's, that's it. Now, we haven't seen the, the text of this, obviously, but that's the stuff that has leaked out so far. Uh, does, does that give those that were sitting on the fence now pause to simply say, okay, I'm back on side and with the, uh, with the endorsement and with give, giving Kavanaugh the seat? It may. We don't know the scope of that suggestion. For example, they may say we could not corroborate the attack on Dr. Ford, um, but here are some other things we found. So uh, we don't know the scope of that disclaimer. They may also say that the reason we couldn't uh, corroborate these claims is that we didn't have enough time and we didn't have access to all the witnesses. Uh, There were reports of a number of witnesses that wanted to come forward and speak to the FBI that couldn't actually get through. Jane Mayer was very forceful on that point, saying witnesses she had spoken to uh, were not actually able to speak to the FBI. So my guess is that the report will say that uh, the investigation was incomplete. It's hard to know how the several swing voters on the Senate, on whom all eyes are focused, such as Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, Joe Manchin, and Jeff Flake, will react in the face of an investigation that is incomplete. Well, and again, yeah, I guess words matter here as to how they're actually going to phrase that. I mean, if it says that we found no corroboration, period, end of sentence, but if they uh, go further and suggest, well, because we didn't have as much time. And and staffing is another issue, too, because I was under the impression uh, from the way the president described this, and, you know, we have to take his words, I guess, with a grain of salt, though, Claire, is that, look, they can take whatever resources they want. If they want to put 200 people on this and get this done, that's fine, too. Uh, it's starting to sound now as if this was not just a very uh, limited in scope, but also possibly in staffing as to who was available to actually talk to these people. Well, that's probably true, and we just don't know what the internal orders were from the White House to the FBI, regardless of what Donald Trump was saying. That's something that may get probed uh, hereafter, and I have a feeling that this issue, even if he is confirmed as early as uh, Friday or Saturday, the issue may not go away because it may continue to be pursued. Uh, Lindsey Graham has said that he may call for an investigation into the whole process and into uh, Diane Feinstein's handling of the matter. So I have a feeling that each side is going to be continuing to call for investigations into the other around this contentious appointment. Is Lindsey Graham auditioning for the uh, job that uh, <laughs> is probably going to be vacant right after the election? That up Jeff Sessions? It's very hard to tell. His behavior has been surprisingly aggressive on this. Uh, He says publicly that he sees himself as carrying on the tradition of John McCain, but he certainly doesn't behave like it. He's been extremely intemperate and aggressive uh, and attacking of uh, Dr. Ford. Uh, so it's um, one can only speculate that he really sees his political bread as buttered on that side. Well, there was a certain consistency, though, wasn't there, to, to his performance that last Thursday uh, and also Kavanaugh's performance that last Thursday. Uh, they were singing off the same song sheet. It was all about outrage and, and reaching out and, and lashing out at, at just about every one of their political enemies. 
That's right. And in fact, uh, it does seem as though it may have been a somewhat uh, orchestrated approach to take the conspiracy theme that Donald Trump uh, has often pointed to, the kind of dark state and they're out to get me and, uh, and, and to ring that bell loud and clear because somehow they have figured out that really resonates with their base. Uh, and they are playing to the same base. Uh, there is, of course, a new problem now, which is that having rung that partisan bell so loudly and clearly, Judge Kavanaugh is now seen as, by many, uh, especially in the profession, as uh, too partisan to sit on the Supreme Court. And there were already concerns about that when he was nominated for the circuit court in 2006. Well, and let's talk about that, because I, I, I'm surprised there hasn't been more discussion about that. Uh, to go back again to his rant, uh, where he blamed uh, the Democratic Party, he blamed the Clintons, and, and just about anybody else. He had a long list of folks there. Uh, th- isn't there supposed to be some sense of impartiality when you sit on the court? I mean, we know there are conservatives, and, and we know that there are left-leaning members of the court. We get that, but you expect partisan political attacks from the people on the committee. That's what senators do. But for the nominee to actually lash out like that at, at a political party and at individuals, uh, is 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 that is that Supreme Court style? I mean, is that is that? Does, I would think that that would make some of the senators question his 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 credibility. I guess when it comes to that that sort of thing and his impartiality. Well, that's right. And Jeff Flake, uh, in fact, said very clearly that he was concerned about his the degree of vitriol in his remarks and how extremely partisan his remarks were. It's hard to imagine that a litigant who was tapping into any political issue for any reason where a case touched on some political issue would get a fair shake from this justice. We also, um, it's worth pointing out that we have as close to a controlled experiment with uh, this nomination as one could have because we had a test case on the conspiracy theory uh, and nominations to the Supreme Court, which which was Neil Gorsuch, who had precisely the same background, uh, even came from Georgetown Prep, and came from the same elite world, and had the same very, very conservative politics, and was nominated by the same president only a short while ago. And there was none of this furor, none of this anger and controversy around his nomination. And that really puts the lie to Brett Kavanaugh's conspiracy theory about his nomination and and getting back at Republicans for uh, the 2016 election. Claire, there's been a lot of feedback. I, I know that uh, one of the lawyers associations in the United States has uh, suggested uh, that Kavanaugh should uh, withdraw from this nomination. This morning, a, a group of uh, Christian churches, uh, uh, an amalgamation of them, have issued a joint statement suggesting that Kavanaugh is not worthy of the, the position on the Supreme Court. Do those sorts of things have any influence at all on, on the senators as they make their decision, either tomorrow or Saturday? Or is this just politics that they're going to play? That's an excellent question that you raise. Uh, the American Bar Association, whose endorsement Brett Kavanaugh himself cited in his testimony, uh, has suspended its uh, endorsement of him. Uh, they endorsed him with hesitation in 2006, and again now, uh, but then when these allegations were raised, uh, suspended their endorsement of him. Uh, and I think I do think people listen to the American Bar Association. There's also a letter circulating that um, over a thousand law professors have signed, 
objecting to the appointment on temperament grounds, on character grounds, regardless of what you think of the allegations. And I do think that those temperament concerns now may be impacting those senators, even who have not made up their minds about the allegations, um, but are concerned by the display uh, in last Thursday's hearings. There's one part of this, and again, the fact that they apparently have been told to focus only on the uh, the sexual misconduct allegations, and, and that's, I guess, what the gist of this report's going to be. But isn't the greater issue here, Claire, uh, a matter of credibility on behalf of Kavanaugh? I mean, there seems to be more and more people. I know obviously others have come forward about sexual allegations against Kavanaugh, but uh, probably even a greater number that said, look, at, I knew him. He's lying. Uh, he lied under oath, and I would think that if that is is the case, I mean that immediately would disqualify him. Well, it's hard to decide which is the greater issue and which the lesser. There's so many problems here, but um, I do think credibility is a, a very serious issue. It does appear that he was not truthful about the extent of his drinking. That certainly is coming through loud and clear. Uh, he presented himself as just liking beer, drinking a lot of beer, and still liking beer. But in fact, uh, other people who knew him in college are saying that, in fact, he drank a lot more than beer and that he was often very drunk. He claims that he never passed out. uh, And there are those who will say that's not true. Uh, So it appears that he lied about that. It appears that he may very well have lied about his involvement in the U.S. torture program when he was staff secretary. He was staff secretary from 2003 to 2006, which was the height of that program. Uh, And as staff secretary, he would have been exposed to a lot of documents uh, and a lot of information relating to that program. It's quite impossible that he would not have known about it. Uh, Yet we don't have the records that would allow us to know what his involvement might have been. Uh, But there are concerns that he may have perjured himself there. Uh, And then, of course, there were very serious concerns that he perjured himself with regard to these various allegations uh, by different women and his uh, relationship with women and his treatment of them. So I think those concerns will continue to resonate. And if he is confirmed to the Supreme Court, will really impair him from functioning as a justice at this point, uh, given the extreme controversy surrounding this nomination. Well, to do with sexual allegations, obviously to do with his uh, his hatred for the the Democratic Party and some of the members of that, uh, you've got to wonder how many of these cases is he going to recuse himself from if he actually does get on the bench? Well, that's right, except that uh, there is an indication that he has no intention of recusing himself. He's been asked that many times, and he has not said that he would recuse himself Uh, I wrote an op-ed over the summer saying that he should recuse himself from any uh, case involving executive authority because there's a concern that Trump is engaged in self-dealing here by nominating someone who has written articles saying that the president has the right to fire a special counsel at will. Trump may be orchestrating his own ability to get out of jail free as it were, by putting someone on the bench who he knows would rule in his favor if he tries to fire Rod Rosenstein or or, uh, Robert Mueller. So uh, many people have called for him to recuse himself on various matters. And now there's a concern that to do things properly, he'd have to recuse himself on so many matters that actually he wouldn't be a functional justice. Well, the uh, ball's in the court of the Senate at this point. We'll see how this pans out over the next couple of days. Claire, thanks as always. I really appreciate the time today. 
Thanks for having me. Take care. Claire Fickelstein from the University of Pennsylvania Law School. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.